0: Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives.
1: Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start
0: now. Welcome citizens, Flobo Boys here, the mayor, and you're locked into a brand new episode of New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. And if you have a creative project, and I mean that, make sure you hit up the social media accounts for the show, at New Amsterdam on Instagram, and at new underscore Amsterdam on Twitter, and let us know what you're working on. Hopefully we can uh, get to nitty gritty. You may be a guest on this show. As for me, things are rocking and rolling, and sometimes it's a lot. (laughs) Sometimes a lot to have the successes of your fruits of your labors bear fruit at the same time. And so I'm having a bountiful harvest as far as constant creation and meeting great people and getting the energy to move forward. Um, The money will come, the fame will come, all that stuff will come. But definitely feeling that I'm now on the right path more than ever, which is great. But speaking about someone who's on the right path, my guest Kelsey Campbell is a Olympian. And not only that, she's an overall nice person working in the actor space and the musician space. She is okay, even empowered to try many different things on her own personal umbrella it was great to chat with her and by the time this comes out you'll uh, see that on our sister show what's up flobo after hours i get to go more in a different direction with kelsey so sit back and relax and enjoy my talk with her and if you haven't already hit up newamsterdam.com K-N-A-W. Amsterdam.com to learn more about the origins of the shows and all the other shows that I am a host of. And if you have the urge to support the arts and support the homie, patreon.com slash Flowbo We call it the Boysters crew and you could unlock bonus content, video interviews, and more patreon.com slash Welcome back to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. And of course, it's the mayor hanging in the mayor's office. But am I alone. I'm being joined by a multi-hyphenate, which is one of the most coolest combinations. She is a singer. She is a model. And daggone it, she is an Olympian. Please give it up for Kelsey Campbell. How you doing? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> was that okay, intro? Was that was that too big? Was That I was, was good. Too, I, too I, I
1: consider myself more of like, talent actor, but maybe fitness model if you want to go there, but,
0: uh, yeah. well, let's talk about it. Tal- talent, actor and, and the decision to go into that, that lane. I mean, there is a lot of, I don't know, pressure to pick a lane, but you have multiple ones. What made you go on that one?
1: That's so accurate. I think it's because that, so when I put music on hold as a teenager and decided to pursue athletics, um, the music industry was very different than it is now. Um, and there. But the one thing that is still true is that there is no straight path. There is no yellow brick road to like music mainstream fame, whatever. And I've always loved performing and I love seeing, like I have, there's some actors that I'm just like in awe of that I'm just so inspired by. And I've always had an affinity for it. I did a couple, um, productions in high school, um, I was a thespian, I don't know how, how relevant that is to people. But like, um, so I thought, you know, this is probably the best calculated path that I could take versus just performing at coffee shops, I guess, I can do that. But, you know, I really just want people to know me as a performer. Um, sure. And it's funny because photo shoots actually really stress me out and give me anxiety. And so I really have always strayed hard away from like model title and specifically like fitness model because that's what a lot of people have encouraged me to pursue. And I'm like, it's such a very like narrow path though. And I I don't want a narrow path. I want to be able to do all the things I can do. So anyways...
0: Sure, sure. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's so why I was able to check to see if I stick the landing, which I did not. But that's okay. That's about growth and learning more about our guests and everything involved in that. And uh, in the beginning, you just said that you had to leave music as a pursuit to pursue athletics. And we'll get into the nitty gritty of both your music career and your athletic career in just a second. But I wonder, is there a place now before the generational for us to pick that path? Are we seeing an opening up of people doing that thing, of doing multiple things, or is it kind of an individual decision?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. Um, and I say that because I do think social media is showing us that, because, you know, growing up, I don't know what area you grew up in, I'm I'm a true blue bl- millennial, and I really <laughs> you only know what you see, and we only saw what was available and you know, when it came to like pageants or models or makeup or movies or music, I mean, people were categorized. And I can tell you right now, no one looked like me. I mean, I'm actually doing a pageant this summer. it's It's a smaller pageant. But um I was inspired to do it before the pandemic hit because I was like, you know, people look different now on screen.
0: Yeah. They
1: look different. They look like me now. And they did not growing up. And I remember, being acutely aware of how much they did not look like me. So it's a little of both in the sense that I think you kind of have to know yourself. And if you decide you want to do something, you should do it. But also I, I do believe the, um, the landscape has changed and maybe 20 years ago when I put music on hold, so to speak, um, there was like a very specific way to do things whereas now it's like you don't even need to be signed with a label to be an artist. You don't mm-hmm. even need to have you don't even need to have an agent or an agency to be well known. You just mm-hmm. have to be good at what you do. And that's a beautiful beautiful thing but it also makes it a little complicated because you know, we can't all just become famous like Justin Bieber did. We can't all just post something on YouTube and get discovered. We can't all right. just be discovered at a gas station like that's just not how it works anymore. Um, so I think there's more options and options create more like, it just makes it a little more complicated, which isn't always a bad thing. I think it's a good thing in this context, but um, but yeah, I, I think it is a little both. so.
0: Uh, you had mentioned that growing up that, that there are not a lot of people that look like you. Uh, did you have heroes then despite that? Did you like find yeah. one that kind look like you? and? Yeah,
1: you know, I spoke about this recently. Um, my top biggest, and I had a lot of people I looked up that looked up to at different points, but definitely my top, Shira will say, was Mariah Carey. And I always had, without having social media, I always had this, I don't know why, I always had this inclination that like, I could relate to her because of her music. Um, she always had people of color, African-Americans, whatever, non-white people in her music videos, in her music, and I I was like, I just, I didn't know, I knew a little bit about her, but we didn't have Wikipedia, it was different back then. You couldn't just like look someone up that way. Um, But I always had the sense based on her music, especially that this was a person that sang and wrote her music, which I'm a singer and a songwriter, Sure. Um, And that's how, that's really, if I were to categorize myself, I would say that's what I am. Um, And she was just so inspirational. And I just finished her memoir and I was, it was mind blowing because she's always been extremely eloquent. Like if you, if you're familiar with her, she's just such a, an impressive lyricist. But all of my inclinations growing up were true. Like I could have written the book, not as good as her, I'm sure. But like she went through things that I literally went through. I mean, it's insane. Like wow, like, I wasn't crazy growing up going through this stuff and knowing it was wrong. It was wrong and other people went through it, you know? And so um, Mariah Carey definitely tops the list. And, again, I think being a female athlete in the sport of wrestling, um, any female that breaks a glass ceiling, I'm on your team. Like, it is not easy, no matter what you see in the media, no matter what you say to the media – it's hard, um, and and really not even just females. Anybody that is the first to do something, like there's no there's no blue book, there's no instructions, and especially today, oftentimes if you decide to speak up for whatever you you could may very well be r- risking your life. So mm. I um, I really admired Mariah Carey growing up, but I think today as an adult I just admire anybody that's willing to stand up and speak up. Or or take a knee if that's the case, whatever.
0: (laughs) I I gotta jump ahead then. I I promise we'll get to your music release, but I've been perusing your Twitter and social medias. And uh, if there was ever, yeah. If there's ever an example of someone speaking out at yourself, I mean, you have a platform now more than ever. I mean, here's, you have people that are hanging on what you're saying. And mm-hmm. I do think there is a little bit that's true to you and authentic of what you say, but I like the way you curate the content you retweet. Uh, was that a constant decision? Was that something like this is the direction I want to go into, which is like your feelings bubbling over. What was the decision to really put it out there for, for the um, world? So, you
1: know, the, the pandemic took place and, Um, and at the same, about the same time, my dad came to live with me. He's retired, but he came to live with me for a while. My dad's like my best friend. We're like the same person. He is a dark skinned Jamaican man. He is very Mm -hmm. dark skin. So we look alike, but obviously I'm light skinned. So my experiences are different. You know, when the George Floyd homicide took place, um, my dad had, started living with me and things were just so on edge, like across the board. I think I'm a, I'm a introvert and I'm kind of more comfortable being by myself, but I think like just the social state of our country, people just weren't used to being in this situation. People weren't used to having to really answer for their behavior and social media was the only outlet, right? right. And I, I've always been, Um, I'm an introvert, but I am an empath and I'm a critical thinker. So I really, really open myself up to dialogue. You know, I really do. And um, Twitter specifically, you just get a lot of information easily. Like I'm following the George Floyd or the Chauvin trial right now on mainly on Twitter because it's easy, Um, but you get a lot of information that way. And I just realized even when I decided to retire about is it six, seven months ago um, from athletics, I realized, wow, I really feel like I can speak up and I don't feel I don't feel like I have to be quiet because of a sponsor, because of a contractor because of and it's weird because no one's ever told me to not say anything. right. When it comes to what's going on right now, now as a wrestler, I have been silenced many times. as an mm. athlete, I've been silenced many times. But when it comes to racial and social unrest, no one's explicitly said, I mean, people have disrespected me. Like if you've been on Twitter, you've seen it. Like people have blatantly disrespected me and whatever. But um, I think I just felt in my heart that like, I felt called to speak up because I can relate and I'm in a position where I'm not suffering because of my, because I'm mixed, because I'm a woman. Right now, I am I am not suffering. I'm in a position of privilege because I'm not suffering because of the pandemic. The pandemic did not impact me negatively, but I can relate because I have suffered because of these things. Mm-hmm. And I felt, I don't know if it was a civic duty. I don't know if I have a heavy conscience. I don't know if it, I don't know why. I just felt like I have to speak up. And I I've spent a lot of my life being insecure and afraid to speak up and for the first time in the past like year and a half, I was like, you know, if I am so afraid to speak up because one sponsor isn't gonna send me some amount of money per month or a t-shirt per month or a protein powder per month, if I'm afraid to speak up because my national governing body deletes something I comment on online, which happened, my comments were deleted, um, then maybe those are not the types of entities I need to be around. Maybe I need to continue to speak. Um, and and I don't know, I think sometimes too, when you feel called to something, you can't help it. And mm-hmm. I think if I'm really gonna answer honestly, I just felt called to keep speaking. And sometimes I hate myself because I'm like, Kelsey, just go freaking for a walk and a hike and <laughs> drink tea and like watch some escapist TV show, which I do all the time. but. Like, just don't be involved. Take a cleanse from social media. And I've literally had these battles with myself like so many times. And I'm like, no, I cannot take a break because literally people are dying. People are being suppressed. It's happening. I just happen to be lucky enough or whatever you want to call it that right now, I'm not suffering because of those same circumstances. But if this had happened three years ago, I probably would have been on the street, honestly, if the pandemic had hit three years ago. Um, If I had been in any other point, let's say I wasn't an Olympic athlete. Let's say I wasn't on national team. Let's say my income didn't come from donors. Let's say whatever, like how different would my situation have been just because of my background, my ethnic background, and because I'm a woman. Um, and so I just really, I, I made a decision to cling to who I am and to not just evade what was happening. Um, even though sometimes you don't, I've, I mean, there's people that I, there's friends I've lost, um, but it's just too important. And people deserve to be treated like humans. And if mm-hmm. I'm in a position to speak on behalf of people, then I will. So that's a long answer.
0: If you have the ability, you have the responsibility. And uh, it's interesting because we've had, uh, I've asked this question to a lot of people and it it tends to be uh, those identified as minorities, whether the gender minority or ethnic minority or racial minority, the ones that have that internal debate of what is it to be playing it well or putting it good or speaking that or not saying anything is not my problem, but it kind of is. And I'll admit that I was kind of in that same boat too, but probably not in the same scale as yourself. But uh, yeah, it is, it is interesting to note that.
1: It's um, crazy. It's yeah. crazy. I have general and specific experiences where it's like, you know, just because it's not my problem doesn't mean it's not a problem. Just because it's not your problem, it eventually will become your problem. You know, Mm -hmm. and as humans, generally, we have a short-term memory because we forget that none of us were here first, none of us in the U.S. specifically. Um, And I think I've just, I've made a decision to not dismiss that. I've made a decision to, like, know where I came from and to know um, how our country was built. You know, I've made a decision and I've gone to the places and I've seen the places. And what's interesting is, and this is a side note, but um, growing up, again, I, my dad's Jamaican, my mom's white. And I, I was always con- a little bit confused about who I was because number one, no one looked like me. And number two, my parents both had very difficult lives. We were very poor. My parents separated when I was younger. So it, it was, a, in a lot of ways, it could have been a textbook Whatever the things you see and read about all the time, it could have been that, right? And it went and it was on its way to becoming that. But, um, I, uh, like two years ago, two and a half years ago, I there was a special going on with ancestry.com, and I was like, let me click that because every year on Black History Month, I feel a little bit like an outsider because I'm light skinned. So even like USA Wrestling, they would never ask me to do interviews, they would never talk to even though I whatever, they would ask anybody that was dark-skinned, but if you were light-skinned, they just assumed you weren't included. And I'm telling Mm -hmm. you, it hurt because I felt the pain of being a mixed race. I felt the pushback of that, right? Sure. sure. Um, So I was like, I just need to understand because my my dad grew up in Jamaica. He doesn't talk about it a lot. Um, And my mom, anyways, there was just a lot there. So I had to just be proactive. And I realized, I'm literally like over 50% Nigerian. Like, I was like, I'm as African as it gets. And like, I don't know if they didn't know. And I even told my dad some of the findings I found and he was like, really? Wow. You know, um, but I think, um, you know, it's important to know who you are and to stand up for who you are and people that are like you, you know, whether that's your skin color, whether that's your gender, whether that's your perceived gender, whether that's your belief system, like everyone deserves to be represented and treated humanely, you know? I could go on all day. Like, I, I, <laughs> do, I don't really know my place in all this, but I do feel called. I do right. feel called, so. <laughs>
0: It's interesting because I, I also had the uh the ancestry bug and I wanted to say, well, what the heck I am? And well, it's actually a, a stand-up comedy bit of mine, but the, the the actual real part of this was I, I put I did a little spit spit and sent it off and it came back and it was like, Oh, you're like, you know, forty percent from Benin and, and this part of European, this part whatever. Uh by our findings, we think you're like Caribbean Lesser Antilles Migration. I was like, wait, I just paid you a hundred bucks to tell me that I'm me. Like, I already knew I was Caribbean. Thanks for confirming that, ancestry.com.
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, it, just... it's weird. Like, I think everybody has a different journey, but I think it's cool. Like, if, if you know who you are, that's what matters. Right. <laughs> right. But I didn't know who I was. I literally, I was like, I'm Jamaican. Am I even black? What does that mean? <clears throat> like, I literally didn't know because my last name's Campbell. Hello, it was colonized. Like I had no idea who I was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and so I think I think I appreciate you sharing that because it's like you know, you knew who you were. I didn't know who I was, but we should all have the right to be who we are, you know?
0: True. Sure. But for clarification, I will say there's a difference the between race and culture that way. Because like, even though I knew I was 100 percent like my parents are from this or of Soul Island, you know what I mean? Like it it, it definitely felt like I knew it. But when I go to the proverbial cookout or or like the, the 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 bashment or whatever have you, you're just like, I am American AF, aren't I? But then you're sitting here where America looks at you to go, but well, where are you really from? And you're like, well, what? which one is it, bro? You know, yeah. like I'm, I'm in two worlds. And so, um, yeah, that's what about me.
1: But <laughs> let's make no, about good. I love this. You know, I don't know why, but I am so passionate about this. Like the dice falls however it falls, but. I I wasn't always like this. I wasn't always outspoken. I always had the thoughts and the feelings, but I wasn't always so abrasive about it. And I just feel called to it, you know? And and so I appreciate these conversations because if nothing else, someone might watch this and be like, I can speak up. I can say something. Because we had, you and I, I'm sure, you've had that moment where you saw something or you saw someone you're like, I can speak up and I get emotional thinking about it because like sorry mm-hmm. like we don't realize like sometimes people just need to see like they just need to see one person it doesn't have to be like a press conference from an elected official it can be someone like me and you We're just normal people like I came from a workout I'm literally I didn't even shower I'm actually really stinky and gross right now um okay. And thank goodness for Zoom, because that's why I asked you off the record, because I was like, I don't know, but whatever. Um, But I think sometimes we don't realize, somebody might see this and they're like, I just needed someone to say that, you know? And um, I just think it's really important. I think people don't realize how important it is. And it's not speaking about your struggles is not for everyone and it's not easy, but when you do, I really applaud everyone that does, you know, so I just, yeah. believe in it. I just believe in it.
0: Live your truth and express yourself however you see fit. That's truly what the American way is all about. Uh, let's talk about Mantra. Mantra is a way of you expressing yourself in the music space. Uh, the single's out now, and the video is out now if you are perusing the internet as well. Um, can I can I describe it as, as a reggae pop ballad, or yes. do you have a more accurate interpretation?
1: Yeah, you can. It's funny because the song, OK, so very short story. My dad was humming one day. He has one of those like high pitched, I don't even know, like high pitched, he's a, he's a good singer, but he, whatever. So he was humming one day when he was staying with me okay. and I started writing, cause that's what songwriters do. We hear something, we get inspired. That's like how it happens. And um, I wrote the song and then I found this uh, incredible producer in um, Calif- Southern California And I told him, like, my dad, you know, inspired it. He was, like, humming some Jamaican song. But I, when I wrote it, I imagined it being, like, a ballad. Like, Mm -hmm. Alicia Keys' ballad, right? But when I told him my dad inspired it, he heard it as, like, oh, a Jamaican, like, inspired. So he produced the beat, and that's how it became what it was. Like, and it's incredible when you collaborate with people because you just never know. Because I never would have... I did not write it or imagine it being what it became. I wrote it inspired by what was going on. I I literally quoted MLK, I quoted coaches I had. I quoted my own, I like literally was writing about my own experiences, but the song itself was inspired by people outside of myself. And so it was a really cool creation, honestly.
0: Did it hit the mark for you? In your opinion, was it the, was it what you set out to accomplish? Even though it took a different path, or was it something you wanted to revisit later on? What was your
1: um? You know, if I revisit revisit it later, then amen. Like it would be if we can. If I can make it better if somehow, I happen to cross paths with somebody a little more with more notoriety. Then amen. I'm I'm open to it, but I I'm not motivated by um fame, which I know seems weird, but I I am motivated by doing what's real to me. And the song, you know, I never planned on doing a video, but the song, the beat he sent me. And then when I went to the studio locally to do the vocals, it just came out so beautifully. I was like, I have to, I have to give people a video. Like I have to find a way. And I've never done a video. I don't have a music manager. I don't know how this works. So (laughs) <laughs> well, it really was more than I expected. And I learned a lot through that process. And I even now, if I were to redo it, I would do it really differently because it was okay. a learning curve. But um, I'm so grateful to put it out. I, I never intended it to take this long. I thought it would come out a long time ago. And that really came down to m- people within the crew. Um, but I think uh, it was a really amazing product. And I really hope that the song whether it makes you emotional or inspires you I really hope that it um that you connect that whoever is listening connects with it that's sure. really and and to me like I'm not motivated by fame or money which I guess is problematic in a sense <laughs> cuz it yes. costs money to make music and videos but yes. um <laughs> but um I'm really proud of what We did, and I'm proud of the product, and I really hope that people are inspired by it. I really am.
0: Was it seen as a departure from your fan base or an extension of what you are, who you are, and how you create?
1: I feel like it was a little bit of a departure. Like, my close friends and my circle within the athletic community were supportive, but the wrestling community is kind of funny because I think culturally, like, all, Olympic sport athletes, especially the thing that people don't realize is if you're an Olympic sport athlete, you're not getting big signing deals like an NFL player. We don't get paid by the government. And I have to say this over and over again because people don't know this. We -hmm. don't get paid by the government. We don't get huge endorsements just because we're on national team or just because we make an Olympic team. I made more money as an intern than I did as the number one Olympic athlete in the United States. Right. And I got the receipt. So, you know, whatever. But, um, I, uh, it was a departure because I think as an athlete, I felt like, well, I need to get camps and clinics. I need to get sponsors. So I need to make sure that I brand myself. And I, I remember there was a time where I almost kind of resented even branding. Cause I was like, so basically I just have to be what looks good to you. Like for me to get paid. Okay. Whatever. I, I don't know. Like and so, um, what I've noticed, though, departing from just strictly wrestling and athletics, is people do engage with me more on politics and on my music. People are really interested in that, whereas wrestlers, kind of just, you know, at- I will I'll say athletes in general. And I get it because they're like, okay, I can't be on social media. It's too draining, right? And it's mm-hmm. too depressing. Oh, another guy got shot, right? or with music, it's it's like, it's just different. And if I retweet or repost this, does that hurt or help my brand? And that's what Olympic athletes, those are the things you think about. You're always about your brand, which to me, I'm like, that's no way to live. And in a sense, I feel like once I stepped away, I was like, wow, I feel like I can just say whatever I want. Right. And, it, and it, for me, I can't speak for everyone but for me, it w- it was a little bit freeing. Um, and definitely, I have a different audience with the stuff I post about now on social media. And I post a little bit differently on every platform, but, you know, your fan base, you know, my fan base is mostly wrestling and I've had to come to peace and to come to terms with the fact that, you know, people might not want to follow me because I talk about these things constantly, but I'm yeah. going to talk about these things constantly. Like literally, I did a guest editorial for a magazine about racism and sexism and I'm going to share about it soon. Um, And I'm like, some people just don't, they either don't want to acknowledge it or they don't think it's a real issue or I'm just woke or whatever. And I'm, and you know, people are going to be put off by it, but I, but I'm not a competing athlete anymore. And I feel like I need to say what I need to say, you know, and it is different. It's a little bit of a different culture and environment. And this past year has made that incredibly evident.
0: But does not seem kind of uh, paradoxical in a way? You know, like I think we, we buy into athletes and what they represent and ideals we strive and love to, but if they have an opinion about something we don't like, we are quick to say that's not good. I mean, how is that psychologically healthy?
1: 100% paradoxical. Like look at LeBron James. Like, like I wasn't even, I was a Kobe fan. I was always a Kobe fan. I wasn't ever I would just choose and I was like no not LeBron but you know no, <laughs> no. like LeBron James have, has done so much for people for humans and people are like stick to basketball I'm like are you serious so what you're saying is you're only allowed to be good at this because of what are yeah. you serious but then on the other hand people are like celebrities are so fake they only post this and that influencers only post it. and then when they post something real people the, what it comes down to in my opinion is people are just judgmental and not informed that i mean that's the reality and that's the learning curve because I have gotten into these dialogues with people and I've real people have said like i made a comment about a recent situation with a pro athlete and someone was like what do you know and I was like a lot actually i've been in i've been a pro athlete for 20 years and they're like but nobody knows who you are and I was like what hmm. is anyone knowing me have to do with my knowledge on being a pro athlete like but those are not compres- You like you can't even have those conversations it's not even worth your time but then you you almost feel bipolar because you're like okay but they need to be educated but they're not open but these athletes are using their platform to do good you know and it's paradoxical like across the board it's like I think when you start to question yourself that's when you know you're doing the right thing because there's nothing there's nothing rewarding about being an activist. There is nothing rewarding about breaking a glass ceiling. I'm telling you, when I was the first female to wrestle for Arizona State um University the wrestling team, I was the first female. We've had other females and now and now we have a really solid group of athletes there. It's actually incredible. There was nothing incredible about my experience. I Mm -hmm. cried every day. I had to prove myself every day. That's not why I did it, whatever. It wasn't even my idea to wrestle there. Like, I feel like a lot of people that do this, like if you've read any of Obama, former president Obama's memoirs, you'll see like none of, a lot of what he did wasn't his idea. Like a lot of times when you're doing something that no one's done, someone else inspired you to do it. And it's hard and you're like, why am I doing this? And then you realize, because you have to, because there are other people like you, because you grow up, you get older and you realize, there are other people like you and you have you it's it you it is truly a civic duty to do it you you yeah. aren't obligated necessarily but you should you really should and um it's it's really weird and i i'm so grateful i'm so grateful when people of major influence use their platform even if i don't agree with everything they say i'm so grateful because because of how uninformed so many people are so many people just say whatever they want to say cuz they can cuz they have an iPhone and they and Twitter's free like right you don't know anything you're not educated you're not an expert in anything you're living off whatever check you get in the mail whatever i that probably sounds judgmental and i'll be the first to say i am very judgmental at times how can i not be but man it's uh it is a strange time of people using their platform for good and they should do that and they should never nobody should ever get talked out of being an advocate and being a voice that's my
0: opinion sure and uh do you have you seen your current or evolving world view flow back into your music and if so how
1: a little bit um So I think the song, especially Mantra being released, like I never thought that would be the song I released. There was a song that I was gonna, that I I always thought would be my first one. And it was about an ex-boyfriend who like destroyed me and it was whatever, right? But then I wrote the next song that, the one that you quoted from the post, that song, I was going through a very difficult time emotionally and mentally. And I do struggle with mental health. And I also am very vocal about that now. And so the next video I, I do will be that song, hopefully. Um, and I want to address mental health. That is what I want. I could have never imagined I would do that a couple of years ago, but you know what? It Like I feel brave and emboldened to talk about it because I I've seen other people do it. And I know that there is a generation ahead of me that needs to see it and it has impacted me artistically it has impacted the way that I approach things and and even in an indirect way when you're talking about sponsorships or endorsements or even signing with agencies and like you have to look at what do they stand for you have to look at those things you know You can't, if you're really just doing it to get paid, I'm not judging you because I get it. I know what it's like to need to make money. I know what that's like, but for me, like it all kind of crosses over at some point.
0: Yeah. That's very astute. And a lot of times uh, for creatives, the, the listeners of the show are usually those that are starting off their creative endeavors or trying to find a way to monetize the creative endeavors they like. And there is that balance between the art form or the craft and trying to eat and trying to not sell out and maintain your integrity. It is a balance. Okay. No no okay. one's judging you for doing that. But it's always good to know where that money's coming from. Just, you know, it's good for
1: yeah. yeah.
0: But I uh, just want to thank you so much for being on the show, Kelsey. This is great. This is like, I am taking so many truth bombs and taking it back to my own camp. Uh, where can the world find you, hit you up, buy your albums, uh, buy your merchandise? Do you have merchandise? Let us know.
1: No, not right now. I'm, I like musically, I really am doing it all on my own. So I'm not trying to get too quick. Cr- I'm trying to stick to things that are that, that I know, like the music and the, the videos, right? Um, and the other stuff will come with time, I'm sure. Yeah. But um, I switched most of my platforms to I am Kelsey Campbell. Um, and then my Twitter is World Changer, and that's what all my platforms used to be. But I when I retired from wrestling, I just decided to, like, change, right? Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I'm Kelsey Campbell on, you, on YouTube. Me, Mr. Um, it's Hall Kelsey Campbell describing what is um, not incriminated. Oh, like on, one one that. But when it comes to anything that he might have done, uh, give me one second. I'm so sorry. Engaging this is, is so funny because, engaging. well, it's not. There funny. are some sporadic um, references to dealing on the street, but there's not. Uh, the I'm following the trial. Oh my gosh. And they were on a break and I was just leaving it on.
0: So they just. Anyways, oh i gotcha
1: i apologize for that i've been following it like every day since it started um but yeah i am kelsey campbell i'm on youtube at kelsey campbell there's links on most of my platforms my website i'm on pinterest <laughs> i don't know like i feel like i'm the kind of rolls off the tongue i feel like i'm pretty easy to find so
0: Oh, fantastic, and uh, before we get out of here, just any quick advice for someone to be listening right now and maybe struggling with their own way of expressing themselves in these trying times? I
1: think just don't get talked out of what you want. I think for the most part, if, if there's something you really want, don't get talked out of it. Even if you people make you feel crazy or inadequate or try to remind you of where you come from or whatever, if you want to do something, be crazy be insane and just do it like just do it honestly this is not a nike shout out but honestly like just believe in yourself and don't get talked out of it thanks so much for listening to new amsterdam radio Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W, Amsterdam.com. Until next time, this city is
0: yours.